It's Kane Hodder from Friday the 13th. You are listening to 13 Days of Friday on Rock Video Rental. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Rock Video Rental. We are on our last Friday the 13th movie of the marathon. Uh, Today we are talking about Friday the 13th from 2009. It is directed by Marcus Nispel. Uh, The cast is Jared Padalecki as Clay, Danielle Panabaker as Jenna, Amanda Rigetti as Whitney, Travis Van Winkle as Trent, and Derek Mears this time plays Jason Voorhees. Uh, The plot for this one is a group of young adults visit a boarded-up campsite named named Crystal Lake, where they soon encounter the mysterious Jason Voorhees and his deadly intentions. That's a little misleading, I guess. I mean, I I guess it kind of talks about the opening scene. Yeah. (laughs) It's... I would say it's a group of friends go to a guy's cabin for a weekend. There's a guy looking for his sister that is missing. And then Jason hijinks. (laughs) (laughs) Then Jason crashes the party. And kickboxing comes in handy. Cue the sitcom music. (laughs) And Derek Mears as the Jason. Well, first of all, what I want to say is I was really, um, uh, man, I guess I probably shouldn't say shocked, but I was surprised to see uh, Jared uh, Padalecki, if I'm saying that right, uh, as yeah. Clay. Um, yeah. I mean, I know he's got his role with uh, Supernatural and everything, but yeah. I just, I mean, I don't know why I would have known, but I didn't realize he was going to be in this movie. So, Yeah, it's funny to look kind of back on that now. And see him in there and be like, huh. It's kind of interesting. Because, I mean, at the time, I saw this one in theater. Um, okay. And at the time, like, I didn't know who he was. I don't uh, remember how, when Supernatural started, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he, um, I I knew him <laughs> because my wife watches uh, Gilmore Girls, so. Oh, Yeah. Good, good times. Uh, that was supernatural was actually happening like during this time. It's run from 2005 to 2020. So he filmed this during supernatural. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever really watched more than one episode of that show. So I didn't really have any kind of connection with it to tie that in. Mm-hmm. But so there's this long opening scene in this movie. Oh my gosh. Yes. It I was is- so confused. You know what? That long opening scene is the best part of the movie. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, actually, it it was. And it kind of, I wouldn't say it sets you up for disappointment, but it was kind of a bummer that the rest of the movie didn't follow closely enough with that. Yeah, because that, well, I'll give one of my trivia things right now. It's got, like, the longest opening, like, pre-title sequences in movies. I believe. I think it might be the longest one ever of any movie. Huh. Um, don't quote me on that. I think I've heard that somewhere. I'm just coming off that with the top of my head. I'm um, writing that down. <laughs> carving that crap in stone. But yeah, it runs at 
23 minutes and 55 seconds. I actually looked at the time Hmm. until the title Friday 13th comes on the screen. Well, that 23 minutes, though, is that's Friday the 13th in a nutshell right there. Yeah. I guess really the only thing I didn't like about it is that none of the characters are really that likable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, people started getting killed off and I saw this in a movie. I'm like, what is going on? Like, like how short is this movie? (laughs) And then like it got done and then they showed the the title and everybody kind of like laughed and clapped in the theater. And I remember I went with my friend Tim and he looked at me and he's like, dude, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting because they had like two intros because they showed um, Pamela Voorhees getting killed, mm-hmm. and so it was. I don't know if they deliberately did it to like pay homage to how terrible Friday the Thirteenth was at always having to recap at the beginning of every movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so I thought that was like the little bit of an intro, and then they went right into this. So yeah, when everybody started dying and like there was the one girl left at that, and I was just like what is going on? Mm-hmm. And then that was the actual intro. So, I mean, kudos to them. And uh, I do agree with you. Like that was the best part of the movie. Yeah. And, you know, from there we kind of get, uh, you know, the girl that was left at the end, her brother is looking for, her. you know, I mentioned Jared Padalecki mm-hmm. as Clay. Um, He's going around talking to people, and everybody's kind of standoffish about Camp Crystal Lake. Um, and then we meet like this group of friends that he kind of runs into, and they're all staying at this guy named Trent, his like dad's cabin. And Trent is like the biggest douche in the history of slasher movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll give Travis Van Winkle some credit. Like that guy did an amazing job. Of playing the dude that you just want to punch in the face. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, uh, who was that really um, jerk girl in Sleepaway Camp? Or Oh, yeah, I can't think of the the actress's name. Amanda? I know what you're talking about. What's her name, Amanda? Or I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, like just kind of like one of those, like they captured the role and they did a pretty good job or they did a good job. So, yeah, he also plays a character named Trent in Transformers. Oh, and he's also a douche. And then he's also in the movie accepted as Hoyt Ambrose. And he's okay. a douche. I feel like he got kind of typecast and kind of <laughs> like uh, kind of like William Zabka did in the nice. 80s where he just played the the blonde preppy douche dude if they remade karate kid he would have been good to replace zabka <laughs> he's a total zabka <laughs> uh, yeah and then we get some other characters too we get you know jenna is his girlfriend um we get chewy is it like the asian guy he's out uh, just like a fun loving um, pothead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's Lawrence, the the token black guy of the movie. He's he's kind of a funny character too. He's kind of a pothead, but like at the same time, he's I guess he's got some kind of funny 
um, quotes in it because there's a part where they're talking about playing music and the one girl just assumes like he's gonna play rap and he's like what you're just saying that because I'm black he's like what black guys can't listen to Green Day <laughs> and she's like oh my god I'm sorry he's like he's like yeah you should be and she's like okay what are we listening to he's like it's rap <laughs> 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 I, I laughed at that one too. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Um, and I mean, thinking, looking back on this, I guess one of my issues with this movie is that there's really no likable characters outside of like Clay and Jenna, and like Whitney's really not around long enough, like shown enough in this movie. Mm-hmm. For us to have like any kind of connection with, and that's another one of my issues. But I guess you know we can get into that a little bit later. I'll I'll just get into the kills because I mean that's what we're always here for with Friday Thirteenth. Yep. Uh, there's 14 of them in this movie. Is that like some of the least? It it's got to be, except for maybe like the first one. I didn't keep track of how many each had. Uh, I'm looking we can at do that in our wrap up when we do our wrap up in the oh, next yeah. episode. We'll. We'll cover like which one had the most, which one had the least, which had which had memorable ones, kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to do. Um, so the first one is Mrs. Voorhees gets decapitated and kind of the flashback. Um, in the beginning part, there's Wade. He gets his ear cut off and then he's stabbed. Uh, there's Amanda who gets tied up in a tree and hung over a bonfire and she burns to death. Uh, Mike, he gets stabbed multiple times under the floor of this cabin they're in. Uh, Richie gets stuck in a bear trap, and then Jason splits his head in half with a machete. (laughs) That one was pretty brutal. Uh, So there's Donnie. He gets his neck slashed. Uh, Nolan gets an arrow to the head. Chelsea gets stabbed in the top of the head through the dock. Chewie gets stabbed in the neck with a screwdriver. Lawrence gets an axe thrown into his back. Bree gets stabbed on an antler hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Officer Bracky gets a fireplace poker to the eye. Trent gets stabbed in the chest and then thrown onto the spikes of a tow truck. And then Jenna gets stabbed through the chest. Dude, when Jenna died, I was shocked. Yeah, me too. I thought she was going to be like the final girl. And I kind of liked her character because they they spent the most time building her character, Trent's character, and Clay. Mm -hmm. The other ones were kind of just there for a body count, especially um, Nolan and Chelsea. They yeah. were there just to be like, oh, you're going to be the first ones killed out of the group. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I was shocked, too, when Jenna died. But talking about Nolan, did you feel like he was kind of like a ripoff of Matthew McConaughey? Uh, Yeah, I kind of see that. I got that feeling this time. Like, here is a guy who kind of looks like Matthew McConaughey. But right, he's not right. nearly as good of an actor. <laughs> uh, well, Matthew McConaughey early on uh, kind of had some struggles. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's kind of batshit crazy. Um, I guess, you know, a few things that I kind of thought about with this movie. And, you know, I mentioned I saw it in theater. I enjoyed it. I've watched it a few times since then, and I always kind of enjoy it. This is a movie that a lot of horror fans and fans of the franchise hate. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I think you've mentioned that. Yeah, it's largely panned by horror fans. Um, a lot of the reasons lie on how Jason is handled. Mm-hmm. Where they feel like Jason's a little too cerebral with okay. you know, the traps that he sets up. Uh, the bell system that he has linked up around the camp going to like his little bunker that he has under the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people hate that because they don't feel like he acts like Jason. And plus, he takes Whitney as like a prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. Which that, is something that... that Jason would never do. The only time Jason has ever shown weakness towards another person was in the second one when Ginny puts the sweater on and he has like an image in his head of his mother talking to him. Yeah. I, I had a problem with that too, but the, I think what they were going for is that there was some weird connection because she had the, the locket, the, the locket. Like he felt that she like resembled his mother or something like that. Yeah, something kind of like that, where if she didn't have that, like she would have died or something. That's the only thing I can go for. But I feel like they did too much of a stretch with that. And also, I did not. Now, if they had done what they did in, uh, what was that, the the second one that you said that she had, the sweater? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if they had done that where she had it and then he like paused and didn't kill her. Yeah. That would, I feel, would have been appropriate. But yes, uh, with people having the problem with him essentially taking her hostage, I think that that was just t- uh, total not uh, normal for Jason Friday 13th series. I, that was a big wrench in everything. Yeah, and that's kind of my feeling with the whole movie. It doesn't feel like a Friday 13th movie. You know what it feels like? Mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It really does. And that's kind of surprising. It's kind of funny you say that because the guy that directed this also directed the, te- the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Okay, I was going to ask you that. I was actually going to try to take time to look it up to see if there was, there was any crossover. But, yeah, it really did. So from the And the reason why I say that, probably one of the biggest reasons I say that, is because Jason felt more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like he did not, I know it took a little while to develop into that whole, like Jason is cursed and he has like these special powers, abilities or whatever you want to call it in the Friday 13th series. Um, They didn't necessarily address it right away uh, when he showed up in the second movie. But in this, it was just kind of like, I felt like he was a normal weird dude in the woods kind of like a normal weird psychopath in the middle of Texas that Mm -hmm. they could just kill if they wanted to. Yeah. He didn't feel like the unstoppable killing machine that kind of started with, you know, part three or maybe even part four. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, it's funny you say that that it feels more like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie because I was thinking that too this time I watched it. Um, also, did you know that this movie was produced by Platinum Dunes, which is Michael Bay's company? I saw Michael Bay's name <laughs> on something. Yeah. He so. also... So Platinum Dunes did this... Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Okay. Um, God, the quality of those, like, in order. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one came out first, then Friday the 13th, then Nightmare on Elm Street. It took a deep dive. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I When I saw Michael Bay's name, I was just like, oh, my gosh, please don't let there be a ton of explosions. <laughs> <laughs> No, instead we just get a whole bunch, a cast of a bunch of characters that you don't really care for. Yeah, actually, they're all kind of fool themselves and just kind of crappy. Yeah, I I think that that's a great thing for you to point out because uh, that's true. Like, uh, and actually, another point that I took issue with this, and maybe they skipped over it, but they weren't camp counselors. No. Like they were just teens, which I'm like, okay, I get that. Eventually, Jason gets to that. But a huge part of Jason and the Friday 13th story is that there's the focus on counselors at first. And they just completely skipped from the counselor who killed um, Pamela Voorhees to, okay, now he's just killing any teen who's in the area. Yeah. And it made it feel like he didn't do anything before those the kills that were in the movie. So kind of like, hey, this happened, when did they say that the mom died? Like 1980 or something like that? or uh, Something like, yeah, I think so, because that's when the first movie was. Yes. You know, they did mention, though, that like when people go missing in that area, they don't ever come back. Oh, true. So, so they kind of hinted towards that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, one thing that made me question is just like, did the police know that there was somebody out there and just didn't do anything about it and just kind of were trying to cover it up? Or were they ignorant yeah i feel like they would have had to know him because couldn't you just found him well maybe yeah but part of me is kind of like i feel like they were ignorant because there was no no indication that they were trying to cover it up yeah the only thing that maybe made you think that was when he was trying to convince clay that his sister wasn't there yeah like, there was nobody else who backed up on saying, oh, yeah, you know, like, the police don't like people snooping around here or weird thing ha- things happen here and nobody does anything about it or you're not going to get help from any of the police because they don't want anybody knowing about this. There was no indication for that. So mm-hmm. you you really don't know if they knew about it or not, which I feel they should have implied that the police knew because, I mean, that's essentially what you saw with some of the other Friday the 13th movies where they tried to cover it up and be like, no, we're a safe, you know, place for people to come visit and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I said, you know, this didn't really feel like a Friday the 13th movie. Um, one of the things, you know, I mentioned that all the characters are kind of detestable Friday the 13th, like, through the whole series, had characters that you liked, and most of the characters you did like. Uh, if you think about the first one and the second one, the second one especially, like, 
they had likable characters where everybody was kind of like a decent person. You didn't mm-hmm. have like these a character like Trent that was just there's nothing likable about the guy. Yeah. He's no, a, you he's had... a jerk. He's he's like a rich, pompous guy. He cheats on his girlfriend and he's just an overall douche to everybody. Yeah, I feel like the worst thing you had was somebody who's maybe mean to slightly mean to someone else, or you had kind of like a slutty girl. Yeah. That was mostly the only mean stuff you mean characters you got. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think that that is a really good thing for you to point out. I, I was getting to to say that earlier, but I didn't get to that point where that made this feel a lot different. Because, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, you don't care if these people die. I mean, honestly, they're jerks, so you're hoping they're going to die. Yeah. Um, another couple other things, too, I thought about was, you know, it's too quote unquote like pretty for a Friday the 13th movie where when I think Friday the 13th, I think of like, it's kind of dingy. It's kind of like got like a dirty feeling to it. And you don't think of like this highly polished, uh, looking movie with great camera angles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I can see that, that, I don't so much have a problem with because it's what is it considered a remake or a reboot or whatever. So I'm, I'm not so much bothered by that aspect. I mean, I definitely understand how it affects the feel, but that with it being, you know, the reboot slash remake or whatever, I could see where it's just, they decided to make that change Mm -hmm. and I'd be okay with that compared to, you know, changing the characters, as you said, where you don't really care about any of them. Yeah. And that was kind of a trope of the time. A lot of the movies around this time, horror movies especially, had, like, a lot of pretty crappy characters that you just hated. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing about this movie that didn't really make it feel like a Friday the 13th movie was the soundtrack. Yeah. There's too many, like, poppy songs in it, where when I think Friday the 13th, I think of, like, the instrumentals... You know, mm-hmm. the strings and all that kind of stuff. Or even, like, you know, Part 3 had that that funny kind of, like, disco um, opening credits song. Yeah, well, one thing I will say, um, I had high hopes at the beginning of this movie because the fact that they had Sister Christian, yeah. um, that got me pretty pumped up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this movie's going to be awesome! Yeah, and then the intro ended, and it it was all right, but yeah. yeah, that's kind of the way I feel with it too. You know, a lot of people don't like it, but um, it's kind of just okay to me. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's better than like Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, and I think it's better than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, but I don't think it's as good as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Yeah, I saw that one, and that's the only test, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre I've seen, so I have nothing to base that off of, but the the remake I thought was pretty solid. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I agree with all the points that you're making. Um, it, it didn't feel like a Friday the 13th movie 
Um, as a movie as a whole, it was pretty good though. But looking at it in the grand scheme of things with all the other movies aligned, it, it definitely sticks out. I mean, that's kind of been the story for the Friday the 13th, the last Friday the 13th movies that we've watched anyways, that they don't feel like the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were definitely like some things that just kind of made me laugh and kind of stuck out to me because, uh, the, the scene where, um, Oh, whoever it was, the guy and the girl were on the boat mm-hmm. and she was uh wakeboarding topless and everything. That lake that they're on is a pretty big lake. And yeah. there is no way that that guy has the only house on the lake. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, that's funny. He killed everybody else, Caleb. <laughs> so, um, uh, that's that's kind of a fair point. Nobody else wants to live there because they all keep dying. Um, but then uh, when he killed the guy driving the boat and then the girl was in the water and she saw the boat plowing right towards her and she didn't try to get out of the way until like yeah. the last second. I thought that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> the other funny thing that made me laugh was the fact that it appeared that she swam to shore where Jason was. Yeah. Instead of swimming to the other shore. Mm hmm. Um, but then, oh, crap, there was one last thing that was really good. Oh, yeah, uh, one thing that really bugged me, um, was actually, um, when Jason killed, hold on, let me see, where was it? Which one was it? Oh, yeah, um, Donnie, the weird, uh, redneck guy. Yeah. When he killed Donnie. Because I'm just like, there was absolutely no reason for all that time that had passed for Jason to all of a sudden go out of his way and kill Donnie. Yeah. Like, it's like, why wasn't Donnie killed before? Right, because how long has Donnie been there? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so why all of a sudden now he goes to this place, this barn that has always been there and decides to kill Donnie when he could have killed him any other time. Now, if they wanted to say that was because Donnie went over and was like in the pot fields and whatever, if Jason had killed him in the pot fields, more understandable. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Jason goes out of his way and then hunts Donnie down essentially, I thought that that was kind of dumb. Now I will give them props for doing the, um, change where the intro he was wearing the bag on the head and then after he killed Donnie he found the hockey mask and that's when he decided to change I thought that was kind of a a smooth and a a good transition that they did yeah and it kind of plays homage to um, part two where you know he had the burlap sack on his head yeah Mm -hmm, for sure Um, yeah the you know the whole thing with Donnie too like that character really didn't need to exist, I guess. Yeah. Because he brought, like, nothing to the story. I guess he's kind of just there as a, you know, as a, a body count guy. Let's round out the body count with this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, that was, um that was one of the biggest things that I kind of, like, had a problem with where it was just, like, did not make sense and all this other stuff. So, yeah, I, I feel like there were just too um, many things there that they kind of didn't address. Like I said, how 
did the police know? Were the police deliberately covering it up? Um, why was Donnie all of a sudden decided to get killed? You mentioned, and I completely agree about how he took Whitney hostage. That was dumb. You know, mm-hmm. how did she stay alive for so long when it looked like he didn't do anything to help feed her or anything? Yeah. Um, very, and, very then, weird. and then the fact that all the characters were people that you basically hated except for, um, the last ones who survived. And then I guess, uh, Chewy was kind of likable, but I mean, not enough that really made much of a difference. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of main elements that you get in the Friday 13th movies that you just did not get with this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, a couple of like last things I got positive things, I guess is Jason looked cool. I thought mm-hmm. he looked pretty good in this movie. He looked better than he did in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. And um, I like that he went back to being able to run. Yeah. He, you know, he ran around, especially at the beginning when he ran after the the girl and went after her with the machete at the beginning. Um, you know, that was kind of lost after, I don't know, like part four. Yeah. Well, like that he- part three. Something like that was early on. Like that Jason was could run. That was he started losing that when he started kind of getting his special abilities, kind of where he could like shift from place to place. Yeah. So yeah, that um I, I don't know. Like that's kind of an interesting thing that we'll have to discuss in our uh, review episode. Yeah. Uh, the final review episode. Mm-hmm. I guess now I, I can get into the trivia portion here. I got a few things for it. Um, so including this 2009 remake, Jason has killed around 200 people through the Friday the 13th series. If you include Jason X. Hmm. So the character of Sheriff Bracky or Brack or something like that. Um, the guy wasn't casted until 12 hours before they needed to begin filming his character's scenes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I mentioned also that Michael Bay produced this movie. He walked out of the premiere saying it had too much sex in it, which that was something I noticed this time too, is that the sex scenes in this movie were pretty graphic. (laughs) Yeah, they, they definitely, I mean, went, uh, as it seemed like as far as they could with them and also the uh, the amount of uh, topless content too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so there was a follow-up to this movie that was slated for release on Octo- Friday, October 13th, 2017. Mm-hmm. And it was all set to go into production in a matter of weeks. But in February of 2017, it was announced that Paramount had pulled the plug on the project to move forward with Darren Aronofsky's horror film uh, Mother that had Jennifer Lawrence in it. Hmm. So they decided not to do that, and they moved on to Mother. Uh, It is the first Friday 13th movie associated with Paramount since 1989. Okay. You know, since they sold it to New Line Cinemas. Um, and then the budget for this movie was $19 million and it made 92.7. So pretty good. Yeah. So pretty profitable movie. 
<laughs> Even though now everybody's likes to talk like they hate it. Yeah. Well, everybody <laughs> had. I hmm? Everybody had to go see it for one, yeah. and then I I kind of feel like since it's been a bit later, because what was the other one? Two thousand three, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Or no, oh yeah, Freddy vs. Jason. Sorry. Um. I feel like you're kind of getting into a new realm of fans where this would have been maybe their first Friday the thirteenth movie they've seen. Yeah. I yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah. Um so now we can move in move on into our grades. Uh I pulled from IMDB and Rotten Tomatoes again. So uh IMDB score, what do you think it is? Oh man. Um I feel like they might not hate on it as much as fans did. Um I don't think it's gonna be a lot. Uh let's throw out Six point one is a five point five. Oh man, I was thinking about doing five point seven, which honestly is fair. I'd yeah. Say. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes there is critic and audience. What do you think those are? Uh, critic, let's go forty-eight percent. Twenty-six. Wow. Wow. Okay. Audience audience is higher. I'll say that. Um, 42%. Pretty close, 46%. Okay. Um, so now we can do our grade. Uh, we'll go with you first. What do you got for this? Okay, all right. So I, I wrote down a number originally uh, after I watched it and everything, and then I got it to my list, and I was looking at everything else on my list um and kind of comparing it a little bit and i i changed it by 0.5 then after i looked at it because i i felt like i couldn't um give it a better rating than some of the other movies that we've looked at uh that i would definitely say are better and uh, more in tune with the friday 13th series mm-hmm. so i am going with a 2.5 <laughs> that's hilarious because that's exactly what i have nice um it's not the worst it's far from the best mm -hmm. but i don't hate this movie as much as everybody else seems to um i've mentioned numerous times that the nightmare on elm street remake is atrocious Mm -hmm. like i'd probably give that a zero out of five oh wow (laughs) i hate that movie so much i was just angry after i saw it in theater this one i I enjoyed when I saw it. It's a little more faithful to Friday the 13th, but at the same time, you know, like I said, it didn't feel like a Friday Friday 13th movie to me. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's where I kind of go back to because, uh, one of the other movies that I ranked gave a 2.52 was, uh, Jason takes Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And I was about to give it a three and I was like, no, there's no way. Like, Jason Takes Manhattan is way more a Friday the 13th movie than this. Oh, yeah. And I probably enjoy that one more than this, too. Uh, this, too, but I felt like a 2.5 was was fair, though, because, I uh, I mean, it had some new things in it. Uh, th- I did notice that they kind of did more of a focus on... I mean, let's face it, Friday the 13th is all about the kills. Mm-hmm. But they did a little bit more. Um, some of them were extended a little bit more. There was a little bit more creativity within everything. Some of it good, some of it bad, because it wasn't really Jason's style. But um, I, I felt like 2.5 then compared to everything else in my other rankings was a, a good way to go. Middle of the road. So, 
Yeah, I agree. Um, and we'll have to like go back when we do the next episode and you know figure out what our lowest graded one is, what our highest graded one is. Get like an average, I guess, for the entire series. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you know there might be some that we want to regrade, especially with you since you know it was your first time seeing them. Now you can like base them off each other. Oh yeah. Yep, I've I've got some already that I know are going to be regraded. So awesome. So yeah, until next time, be kind. Rewind.